Hi, my name is Jameson. Welcome to the Unexpected Experts Podcast, a show where we dive into the vast spectrum of human knowledge and the ways that our experiences make us experts in unexpected ways. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to another episode of Unexpected Experts this week. Andrea Ellis and myself have on our mutual friend, Andrea, Andrea, the usual Andrea, co-host Andrea. We have on our friend, Andrea Elias. Otherwise known as the unusual Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) I can, I I can, I'll take that. Yeah. It's great. I'm here for it. I mean, the opposite of usual. Uh, Andrea Elias, our guest this week, is uh, is a mother to her son Isaac, who shares my middle name. Fun fact: It's a great name. True story. It's a great name. As in, your middle name is Isaac, or you guys have the same middle name? As in, my middle name is Isaac, uh, okay. and her son's first name is Isaac, so we share a name that way. Gotcha. So that's fun. Um, Andrea also works for AHS or Alberta Health Services, and uh, she's been working from home for the last two years uh so we'll we'll definitely be going into that what is what is your actual position at ahs i know you told me earlier but i want to make sure i get it right from the horse's mouth i am not a horse i hate that expression (laughs) so much to pardon the colloquialism to hear it straight from the source thank you um i am on the drawing management team in capital management at ahs so I am part of a provincial team that keeps uh, the floor plan library up to date um, with all the buildings that we own and lease in the province so that um, we have current up-to-date information about spaces and renovations and, and things like that. So that's gotcha. kind of a short version of, of what I do. There's other related stuff that pops up and probably won't mean anything to most people. It's so interesting because like (laughs) AHS, I obviously always go to like a healthcare professional. Obviously every business has other, you know, aspects to it. Like as a teacher, there are, yeah, there's janitorial staff, all that kind of stuff, but you just don't think of all of the different positions available in a company like that. It's cool. Yeah. All the gears that make that machine. Or you think like, oh, they must contract that out to something else rather than you actually. Right. Working directly for HS. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I because I work with AHS, um, hearing like especially during the pandemic, people were saying, Oh, AHS employees, frontline employees, and I'm like, I'm in my living room, you know, in my jammies <laughs> working. I really don't feel like a frontline worker. Amazing. And yeah. Did you take any sun around and your cat in your lap? Like it's great. <laughs> You won't jump up in my lap. Did you no. take any of the perks that came with being a frontline worker, though? Like, were I mean, there was, there's obviously, this is like a like tell us your secrets, but <laughs> well, no, it, I mean it's public knowledge though that there yeah. was like a, a frontline workers bonus, yeah. And I think if you had, I think you're able to jump the line at Costco. Oh, is that a thing? that's a hilarious Ooh. thing to be. I that's a like, that's a I top shelf be, perk. Okay, but I don't. Okay, number one, I never used it. Number two, can you fact check me on that? Because I don't want anyone coming after me. I don't know. I That's true. Costco about- during the pandemic seemed to be like a pretty deadly place. 
Yeah. I don't mean like people were getting COVID all the time at Costco. I just mean like it seemed to be like a scary <laughs> place not. to go to during the pandemic. Like just like I think Costco seemed to have its own rules and regulations almost always when other things didn't. It just seemed like a ruthless place. Mm. Crazy peeps going in there. But I didn't go too many times when we were all in law. I think only we went once. Yeah. Um, but seriously, grocery pickup, online grocery ordering and pickup, that yes. is like game that was that was the oh, yeah. best the best part. Totally. Of a horrible, deadly global pandemic. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I have somewhat convinced my husband that, I mean, for more reasons than just the laziness of not wanting to get out of my vehicle to open the trunk of my car, have someone load the groceries in, that we need to upgrade our vehicle to get a vehicle that has a button where I can hit the button and the trunk opens. And then I literally... I can live a pandemic life for the rest of time. Like I, I wouldn't need to come in contact with anyone really. You know, I wonder if there's an app that you could connect to your um, vehicle's Bluetooth or something like that. No, you ha- you'd have to have them like you have to have the mechanism actually in the trunk to be able to open it. If that's what you yeah, mean. Yeah, like it's okay. got to have a, a motor yeah. to open the door and so, like something okay. to unlock it. Yeah. Sometimes the like click and collect people were like good enough that they would good enough i'm so sorry click and collect people (laughs) it was never your responsibility to open and close my door but sometimes they would be like oh do you want me to close it i'll be like oh yes please (laughs) i always get them to close it for sure i just i just did a quick fact check here or fact check uh effective august 21st 23rd 2021 um they had or who mm, also had a mm-hmm. physical disability. They opened the stores earlier. And then, yeah, so mm-hmm. it was like eight to nine. Yeah. They had an hour early. Yeah. For anyone elderly. And then also healthcare workers as well and first responders with a membership card will be allowed to move to the front of the line to enter the warehouse. I so. wonder why. Like, how is that a perk? Like, because you left it last minute to grab your TP before running into your on-call shift? Like, why... I don't know. I guess that sounds selfish, but I'm just trying to figure out the logistics of how they were like, yeah, let's let these people like, why, like, why not have like one line specifically for those people? I don't know. Or maybe you like go to the front of the line and then show your card or something. I would just feel bad, like flashing my badge being like, sorry, I get to jump ahead of all you losers. Like, I don't know. It feels weird. (laughs) I feel like, can you can I can I get you guys anything while I'm in there? <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> can you please get me some Welch's fruit snacks. Thank you. Yeah, That's funny. interesting. Brilliant. Not that I'm hating. Yes. Caveat: I I'm very grateful for all those frontline workers. So, yes, I'm just of which to... I am not one. Like, right, I don't. I'm not a frontline worker. You work for a company that deals with a lot of frontline workers, but you yourself yes. are not technically a qualified qualified frontline worker i guess well, i'm qualified but just not as an em like you don't want me helping you with if you've got a heart attack or something i mean right no yeah interesting yeah that's fair i mean you could <laughs> i could try it might I not would, go over I well would, i would absolutely try my best but you know you would willingly you'd, pass you'd it, it along as soon as the ambulance showed up <laughs> you can go. take over please i insist <laughs> please yes 
anyway, well, all that to say, uh, that's what Andrea does for work. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. <laughs> it's a good little, yeah, welcome, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Um, uh, Andrea is also a musician, and so Andrea plays uh, violin in the group that uh, Andrea <laughs> Ellis, uh, Andrea co-host, and myself uh, have both been a part of, so... Um, and then I think, uh, I think the the other one fun thing that, that we were talking about a little bit off air was like, you used to do a little bit of stand up comedy back in the day. So we can, we can dip into that. We don't have to dwell on it, but do uh, you want to give us a, a preview of it bit to talk about? I do not. I have no jokes pre-planned. Um, <laughs> you don't, you don't have any like COVID is- material. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I prefer to do more freestyle stuff as things, as, you know, the opportunities present itself. That's um, fun. You know, yeah. I prefer, you know, but, you know, a lot, a lot goes into those stand-up acts. Like, it comes off very effortless, and but everything is planned out. Everything is, you know, vetted and edited and the delivery is practiced and all that stuff. Um, I did not go that in-depth um, when I did it. I took, a, I took a comedy class when my son was a toddler he would have been probably wasn't even two yet so I took a class and it was just you know this is how you learn jokes this is how you put a set together and we're going to get you up on stage and you're going to tell some jokes to the comedy class and so it was terrifying and it was fun but it's funny because because it was 12 13 years ago that is something that has stayed with me as like sort of part of my identity when people you know, when the people find out about that, that sticks in their brains. So I'm the one who did stand up comedy, which is cool, but it's also like, well, I've done other stuff. You know, that was 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. There's more to who I am as a person. <laughs> I'm not just funny. I'm not just oh, funny. I oh, I think that's like, you know, I mean, I can't, I know of stand up comedians, but I don't know people who have that talent or are that in that profession or whatever currently. I don't know if I could do it now, to be honest. I've thought about it, but it's it's a little terrifying. And I know that the thing you're supposed to do the things that scare you. What part of it is scary? Just, like, it, it's scary. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I don't have it in me right what now. What part so. of it though? Like the getting up in front of people, the coming yeah. up with jokes. Um, coming up with jokes, yes. But I think also it's a little bit of performance anxiety, like. Um, I am part of an orchestra, so I'm used to performing in front of people. And I don't get stage fright or anything, but I think that's because there's safety in numbers. Like, I go up there, I'm part of an orchestra. Totally. Going up on stage and trying to make people laugh is a really vulnerable place to be. So it's probably the vulnerability that is the most scary. That's fair. Um, But but the vulnerability is where all the funny stuff comes from, (sighs) right? So so ironic. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's that it's that craft, like you were saying, the amount of time that goes in beforehand to take something from your personal life. And maybe, you know, maybe you talk about being an employee of AHS, but like you're not a healthcare worker, but, you know, you maybe whatever it is, like you, you take a part of your life and you pull the humor out of it. Yeah. And you make it relatable for people, for you know, something that they can also see in themselves so you express your vulnerability you express your anxiety you express your your anger or your depression or whatever you is going on in your life but also i guess for the purpose of being seen and making other people feel seen Mm -hmm. in a place where people can laugh about it 
and feel yeah. that release. Absolutely. I think yeah. humor is a really underused technique to help people heal from things. Um, I think uh, obviously it's situation dependent and it depends on everybody's circumstances and what their history is and stuff like that. But totally. I think, I mean, for me, I think I use humor a lot just to put people at ease or to break tension and things like that. And sometimes that can be used for good. And sometimes it's just a coping mechanism from childhood trauma, to be honest. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> legit. I'm uncomfortable. Let me crack a joke and I won't feel so bad, you know? I think that's like, that's a huge thing, though. Probably let's not talk about enough that like people people it's like an either or like people are using it to actually be funny and have a comical moment or they're using it to sort of cover up and hide behind whatever you know bigger issue is happening beneath the surface mm-hmm. yeah like they either use it as a mask mm-hmm. to cover up their emotion or they use it as a way to express their emotion totally and like get right. it out there yeah 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 but definitely it when it's used a in a healthy way for sure it's a great it's a great you know well, comic relief or just lightening the mood or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and kind of like what, what, uh, what we talked about with I thought you were the say, whole like Chris Rock slap. I, I knew I was going to bring like, it up. I was like, or, or, right? or you can poke or fun at someone else that, like, and then be, you know, grow more famous overnight for something yeah. that you didn't really intend to be an insult, but somehow was yeah. taken as an insult. Or you could just like unintentionally insult Will Smith uh-huh. and he And a joke he probably like, didn't even write himself. He, he didn't. He came out like a day or two later saying that it wasn't even his, like he didn't even write yeah. the joke. Yeah. yeah. Nor was it intended to be like by way of com- like, you know, insult of her alopecia. Like good grief. Yeah, Chris Rock. Anyhow, he lives we, under a rock. Womp <laughs> womp. <laughs> that was the Andrea who was not the comedian for. Oh, clarification. Well, you've said funny stuff, haven't you? Like, you know. <laughs> you've said funny stuff. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it feel better. <laughs> ah, there it is. Using comedy as a moment of relief. I know. I In know. action. Exhibit A. <laughs> we should have a little ding every time I do that. Every time I say something funny to deflect from the conversation. Just yeah, you know. there we go. We'll just make it a podcast <laughs> drinking game. Every time Elias says something funny to to relieve the tension in the virtual room. In the virtual take a room. Shot. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be scary. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Too funny. I. It's funny. Like, I've always... I listen to comedy podcast right now like pete holmes i think Mm -hmm. we've talked about him before yeah um he's so great and i i really like his stand-up and his way of also viewing the world through so many different lenses but um his show is just endlessly entertaining for me and so the amount of hours that i've put in listening to that show i've always thought in the back of my mind like could i also be a stand-up i don't know because i think my type of humor is more conversational humor so in mm. a space like this, where it's with people I know, and I can just hang out and like shoot jokes and interject yeah. little jokes or little one-liners, that's more my style of comedy. Like I'm mm. not a very good storyteller, mm. right? And I know that about myself and that's fine. Um, but I've al- I've always wondered like, what would it take for me to be a comedian? I wonder well, if I have- there's only one way for you to comedian. find out, JMO. That is true. I, I have thought about it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But 
Yeah. What, what, what about it was like the initial attraction for you to it? Was it just something to do or, or did you okay, kind of so know that you were it, funny a little it, bit or. Well, I kind of knew I was funny, but <laughs> well, at least I hoped I was. <laughs> I guess that's always the desire. Yeah. So I was married at the time and my, um, my well now ex-husband's friend was putting on the, the course in my ex-husband's office. So it was just, it was very convenient. Gotcha. I think it was, it was just a matter of, it was a, just a matter of convenience as well, but it was all, it was all girls or I should say women, I guess, um, in the class. So cool. it was, yeah, at least I think so. That's what I remember. So that's what, just what I'm going to go with. Confidence um, is key, my friend. Yeah, there you go. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and actually one of the girls who was in my original class does stand up in Calgary now. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Her name's Emily Seymour. She got married. So I don't know if she took on her husband's name or if she's still going by Emily Seymour, Mm. but she's she's a funny girl. Mm. That's sweet. Do you go to a lot of comedy nights then? Like as a- um, I haven't because pandemic right. and all that. Um, but I think I would like to go up and see some things. Actually, Leland Clawson was in Calgary a couple of months ago, and I went to go see his show there. Mm. He's a Christian comedian. Okay, but he does oh, cool. he does like regular comedy shows too. Have you heard of Mr. D? <laughs> Yes. He's going to be, oh, he, no, he was, I remember, it's past tense now. He was in Edmonton like last weekend, I think. I wanted to go oh, okay. so bad. Two weekends ago, maybe. I don't know. He didn't come to Calgary? No. Just to Edmonton. Mm. That's unfortunate. That's the closest Alberta place. I mean, it's only, For him. only a jaunt down the QE2, but. Yeah, nothing yeah. to it. Was not able to make it. Although I, I've. I think he's so funny. I mean, obviously I have the teacher connection with him, but, um, yeah, totally. He's just such a hilarious teacher and he got, it's funny because he just recently either he posted about it or talked about it or re I don't know something, but he really got quite famous from being on Ellen. Um, Ellen had him on her show because she had seen like the like YouTube thing that blew him up where he, was trying to it was april fools and he was trying to convince his students about all these ridiculous ridiculous <laughs> words oh that's it great. was so funny if you haven't seen it i highly rec- like it's quite hilarious some of the words and and like some of the words that he would go to spell like the kids would phonetically spell it out and you're like oh okay like if that word actually existed that's probably how it would be spelled but then he'd throw in like a random consonant like just like uh, nice. super like a Z or something like that. And it was like, what? There's not even like a, a Z sound in the word. And the kids were just losing it. But he like remained stone faced. He was so serious. He's like, no, like what? Mm-hmm. You guys didn't know that word? <laughs> it was that's funny. That's really great. <laughs> that's brilliant. Imagine being so famous that you launch careers. Right? He just recently yeah. went back to teaching. I mean, he's still doing some stuff on the side, but he just yeah, he like he fully walked away from teaching to go on comedy yeah. tour and then went back 
during the pandemic, I guess, probably because he couldn't do any comedy shows and became a kindergarten teacher. So now he has a plethora of material. I'm sure. Oh, man. I follow him on Instagram. He's got a lot of stuff. So funny. Kids are just funny. Kids are hilarious. And kindergarten kids. Oh, my gosh. I could never (laughs) teach them. But man alive, do they have some funny things to say. Like the cliche is true. Kids honestly say the darndest things. (laughs) So funny. Anywho, that was a lot about comedy. Um, Andrea, I guess we're like 20 minutes in and I didn't ask you the first question that I ask Ooh. everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what What is your superhero or supervillain origin story? And oh. by that, I mean, what's a bit of your background, a bit of your history, a bit of who you are, uh, just to give people some context into who it is that we're talking to. Okay. Well, as most superhero stories start... I was born and raised in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You and Des both. Yes, we are uh, both. Des, Des being a previous guest on this show. Yes, we did not know each other. <laughs> Shocking. <And> I know. <laughs> that would have been crazy if we would have. But anyway. Um, yeah, so. So Winnipeg, as we do. The, the <laughs> Gotham of Canada. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Um, I was, yeah, I went, I mean, yeah, went to school, have a younger sister. Um, I would say my, um, my defining, one of my defining moments of my life was um, when I was 12, though, and my mom got meningitis, actually, and she was in the hospital Wow. for like, yeah, Whoa. Uh, like seven years, what? and then she passed what? away. So, yeah, I know. Um, wow. Yeah. I was 12. I was just, it was like three weeks before my 13th birthday. Whoa. And um, that happened. Yeah. So it was um, that, that I bring that up just because it seems to have def- like, obviously it's such a big event and it's defined my life wow. basically. Um, so she was yeah. in, the, like sure. she went into the hospital with meningitis, didn't come out of the hospital for five to seven years and then passed away in the hospital. Kind of, yes. She, she, because this was in like the mid 80s. Right. So you guys probably weren't even alive then. But I don't know whether they knew what to do with meningitis right. at that point. Right. Um, okay. So she, um, and I don't, and they didn't catch it in time. Mm. Um, so she had about 80% brain damage. So that's why she was in the hospital. Wow. So it was like a long term care situation. Wow. Yeah. So wow. that was, um, yeah, growing up. That's definitely, and that's like a, that's an age to have something big like that happen. Like, holy. That yeah. is an age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, um, yeah. Not only are so you pre-teens, I, I prayed, I prayed kind so of hard. Yeah, exactly. I prayed so hard that my mom would be there for my birthday because mm-hmm. it was like my 13th birthday, I was turning 13 on the 13th and all mm-hmm, that stuff, mm-hmm. right? So wow. yeah, it was pretty, um, yeah, it affected, it affected a lot like how I how I grew up in mm-hmm. my belief system mm-hmm. and all that stuff right so um after high school though I went to university University of Manitoba and I got a bachelor of interior design degree fun cool and um moved to Red Deer <laughs> another real As winner Canadian city well Calgary was always the goal <laughs> right. But I just, I couldn't get a job here at the time. So I was like, sure, I'll move to Red Deer. It's close enough. 
plus I just wanted to leave right. Winnipeg. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I stayed there for about two two years, two and a half years, and then I was like, well, I can't really see myself staying here. <laughs> so, and was that was that an interior design job then? Yeah, yeah, it was. I worked at an architectural oh, interior design okay. firm, so it's all commercial interior design. Nice. Um, I got a job in Calgary, and yeah, I worked in interior design a bunch of different firms because that's just the nature mm-hmm. of the career. Um, and then there was a point where I was working for a smaller firm, and my hours got cut. And then I was like, so. Summer's almost done. Are my hours going to go back to regular? And they're like, well, we're not quite sure. And when they said we're not quite sure, I was like, okay. Run for the hills. I need to- <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not quite sure if I'm yeah. going to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I don't like this. And, you know, as a, yeah. as a single parent, you're bringing, you have one income yeah. to support your household, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I was like, I need to do something else. I need to take a little bit of a, a little bit of a detour mm-hmm. from my mm-hmm career and I got a job with AHS so it's just it's not exactly interior design a lot of my knowledge that I got that I have from buildings and um, floor plans and the way um, you know hospitals are set up or whatever it comes from my experience in interior design but um, I'm not really using it that much right now Mm. which is okay yeah I miss the creative part of it but um, the security and the stability is it's a, so much yeah, more it's a huge thing yeah. to sort of not have, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Especially during a global pandemic mm. too, like being able to work pretty consistently throughout something that a lot of people have lost their jobs in the middle mm-hmm. of too. Yeah. And companies have shut down, right? Yeah. So um, yeah. I was, yeah, I'm just, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. For sure. Have you enjoyed working from home? I know we kind of briefly touched on that at the beginning, but. I really have yeah. like they're talking about going back to the office and I'm like, do I have to? <laughs> like, I don't know. There's so much, there's, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons with anything totally. in life. Right. But there's so many pros to working at home. One of them being that like, I can, I can go pick up my groceries, which I did today over my lunch hour. I can just go and pick them up and I can, you know, I can do stuff like yeah. that. I can, nice. I can stay in bed five minutes before I have to log <laughs> on. And I don't, I mean, I don't have to change out of my pajamas. I do every day to something marginally less comfortable, but still pretty comfortable clothes, you know. I'm I'm yeah. sure. I think we all went through a phase. Like I I well, I guess did I work from home? No, not really. I was a sub teacher through the pandemic. So if there was no teachers in the school, then there were no need for subs. So I didn't really have a job. But um they like, yeah, definitely. It's I feel like we all went through the phase of just like spending days upon days in our pajamas for sure. But then I, I feel like you get to this point where it's like, okay, my mental health requires me to like feel like I'm, you know, getting a little bit more, rep, you know, presentable for the day, that kind of thing. Like my mental health requires me to put on yeah. pants today. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of us. Pants not made out of a fleece. A lot of us yeah. stooped to that low, low. And I, I should shower maybe yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What is that smell? I'm the only one here. Hmm. I have no one to to blame this on. Require a shower. Yeah. Funny. And being able to like just go into my kitchen and make lunch and like not have to make lunch before and 
Yeah. Huge. You know, so. Yes. That is yeah. like the bane. It's always been like, I always had to make my lunch as a kid the night before, but I feel like as an adult, it's just like even worse. Like, why is there no one to do this for me? <laughs> I know. Exactly. Uh, I'm just not going to say anything over here. Why? why? Who makes your lunch? Because I, well, I get lunch at the store every oh. day. Oh. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's like actually made. That's delightful. Every day. <laughs> So it's cushy. That's and I mean, I I actually never had that phase of waking up and just going to work mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Like I I worked yeah. in the store throughout the whole pandemic. Right. So it it's it's been a weird time, like knowing that so many people have been working from home. And like my ex worked at home for her whole time during mm-hmm. the pandemic too. Mm-hmm. And so so like I would be at work and then she would be at mm-hmm. home and then it was it was just yeah. different right it was like two different totally. lives in a way yeah but like I can't even imagine what it would be like being you know a single mom with her son also in the house and then you know like was he doing online school during that time as well or was there, he there was going period, to the school or um there was a period of time where he was online it feels like it was a couple of months I don't know yeah. I'm okay. Is he I'm, he's I mean, in he's Rocky View? Uh no, he's in like a separate school okay. district. Yeah. So um so there there was a time when he was at home for a couple of months. I think I blocked a lot of it out yeah. to be honest. Like, no, you're right. You're like, right. There definitely was. Ever. It kind of was an off and on thing too, right? Like yeah. they were they were home for a good chunk of time and then they were back to in class, but then very quickly after, like I know my husband went back to school on like a Friday and by Monday they were back on online. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. It was right. bonkers. I mean, I'm really glad that like when that happened, he was in grade nine. And so he was like basically self-sufficient. I mean, I still had to kick him out of bed and like make sure he's logged on at a certain time and stuff like that. But like, I can't even imagine how anyone dealing with younger kids that needed almost constant supervision and then having to work at the same time, like, mm-hmm. no, yeah. that wasn't, wasn't good. Yeah. And in the home, him having online school wasn't good. Like it wasn't good for him. He needs, he needs structure. Well, there's structure and there's just like that, you know, socialization, whether or not your kid is like naturally inclined to wanting to socialize or also kind of the hermit style student in the, Which is my yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like any and all suffered for sure. Like just yeah. not, you know, and the crazy thing, like he's, so he's obviously then in grade 11 now. He's in grade 10 now. Oh, okay. Never mind. That was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, what is time? So then he would have been in grade eight when the pandemic started. <laughs> okay. Unless you held him back. Yeah. Like just finishing grade eight. Right? <laughs> I know. I that's the then, crazy like, thing though was, but that's the I guess, thing yeah, that's, March, the crazy. that's why ago. I was like oh yeah he's in great like if he's in grade 11 now. like that's a significant jump in time but I guess so yeah. he would have been in grade eight he at was, the start yeah, of the right. pandemic and then finished grade yeah. eight during the height of the pandemic essentially and then yeah. gone into grade nine yeah. while the pandemic still existed yeah, now he's, yeah grade I mean not that we're that's out crazy. of a pandemic but it's just not as it doesn't it doesn't feel as like serious as it was obviously yeah and it's because he went so he went from grade or he went from age basically age 
like 13, 12, 13 to 15. That's crazy. And so that's crazy. he went back to wow. collect his books and his, his teachers are like, who are you? Like he grew like totally. four or five inches. Yeah. Right? Such a crazy yeah. time yeah. to be out of the public eye, really. <laughs> Absolutely. I was subbing so. um, last, I guess, two weeks ago now in a grade eight class. And let me tell you, grade eight students, they are... They think they're the bee's knees. They they think they are the like the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> yeah. Like they just they feel like they run the roost. Like it's crazy. I don't know what they think. And then I'm like, oh, but they're grade eight now, which means that they were grade five at the start of the pandemic. Oh, which my explains gosh. a lot. <laughs> it's like one of those things that you know yeah. that class. It's gonna follow them until they're in high school. Like they were the they yeah. like that's just a like grade five. That's a crazy time. And then grade eight you already think you're cool because you found like TikTok while you were not in school and TikTok <laughs> now runs the world and now you're in grade eight. So you have that all on top of, ah, oh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. grade eight is just, I would be really interested in a couple of years to read some kind of study or actually I would prefer if it was in documentary form on um, Netflix, mm. but just the whole societal implications of, the global pandemic totally. like how is that going to affect our kids as they get older and they become like owners of businesses mm -hmm. and leaders in government and stuff like that like yeah there's like a whole crazy. other level of autonomy that they think that they have that they haven't really earned i feel like yeah you know like there's like yeah, a rite like of it's, passage it's kind of been dumped on them but they haven't really like totally. earned it for lack of a well, better Well, and I, you know, I yeah. talk about this grade eight class. I'm not talking about just the grade eight class that I have. I was sitting in the lunchroom and they were like, oh, you're with the grade eights. Oh my goodness. All of the, <laughs> oh, they're like, shoot. all, I don't know what is. And we were like, when were these kids born? Like what year, what would it, what would have been happening the year that they were born that they would turn out like this? <laughs> like we were trying to think of all the things. And then we were like, oh no, it's totally, it's just pandemic. It's like, they're just, Yeah. So I warned my husband, who's a high school teacher, just so you know, in two years, you're going to get a yeah. clown class full of kids. <laughs> Enjoy. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. But I also think that the parents have been affected by totally. this too, yeah. right? So the parents are oh, trying absolutely. to deal totally. with their children. And they may or may not be capable of helping their kids totally. manage yeah. this, right? Because they're in crisis too. Yeah. We're all effed. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming. We're going to end on a really great. We'll see you note. next time. But I think, no, truly though. And I think, you know, there's, there's like a benefit to, like you were saying, you know, the elementary kids and having to work from home and all of that kind of stuff. But even just um, like any you know, you, you assume that your grade eight kid or whatever grade, I don't need to stop harping on these grade eights, but, um, <laughs> that they are autonomous, the older kids. And then you feel like you can leave them alone. But then, I mean, Matt was saying that like he would have, I mean, he's teaching high school, mind you. So there's a whole different mm -hmm. ball game there, but he had kids who would like log on in the morning, never turn their computers on. And then they would come back in time to like log off for the end of the day. <laughs> and it was like, so like they would do the bare minimum, like log in literally. Log and probably like, I'm, I know yeah. he had a couple kids who admitted that they like fell back asleep because they just turned their computer, their laptop on in bed and <laughs> that kind of stuff. I know right. he had a, yeah. a kid. <laughs> I, none of them are listening to this. So it's okay. Um, well, none of the ones that 
<laughs> or bad. Um, uh, he had one kid who was like literally cuddling in bed with their partner during class and like forgot to turn their camera off and oh, just like man. super oh, weird no. stuff. Yeah. So. And they had to be passed. Yeah. They had to get, they yeah. had to be passed. Yeah. Right? There, you like, couldn't really fail anyone. And even the fact that my son, my son had his grades and they were set in whatever month it was set. It's like they, their grades that they're like January report card or whatever were the ones that they got at the final year. And I'm like, yeah, oh, like, I know everybody was trying the best. I feel like that is probably that's weird. I, I was thinking like. I was thinking that you meant like their grades were set in terms of like, or not their grades were set, but just like, yeah, they, they couldn't fail anyone. Like I know yeah. a couple teachers that were giving their students extra work to like bump mm. up their grade and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Mm. yeah. If you were, su- and like who does well in January and February, those are like blues. The worst months. Sad months. <laughs> the year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. My birthday's in January, so thanks for that, Andrea. I'm so sorry, Andrea. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's awkward. awkward. <laughs> yeah. Your your birthday's yeah, the best part sh- of January. My son there you born, go. My son was born. Oh, what a happy time! Are you kidding? Oh my goodness! I, was, I know. Even that better. So sucks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it does. I say that because I, I know. I My birthday is on the 19th and my daughter's is the 23rd. We almost shared a birthday and I was not happy about it. I was not happy either. I went into labor. I'm like, I'm not no. having this kid on my birthday. No. Not going to happen. Definitely. Uh, I will resent him for the rest of his life. Aww, so. Sorry, Isaac. I know. We all like to, would like, I would like to think I'm mature, but nope. I'm petty. I, I, you know what? I get it. I support it. Thanks. I would have been really upset. (laughs) I'm as, I'm upset as I am for five days after. So. I guess that kind of goes a little bit like us just talking about Isaac into um, something that you now have an Instagram account for and also something that um, I think is is something that's not often talked about and it's not talked about nearly enough, um, which is you being a single mom. So I don't know how much or how little or whatever you want to go into that, but I think that would be um, a beautiful and I think necessary thing to talk about. So whatever, yeah. whatever, wherever you want to go from Take there, it's the totally up to you, lady. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess um, I my marriage broke up. Um, Isaac was about two and a half, I think. So he was pretty young. Um, I I actually prefer that he was young at this point. Like looking back, fifteen years later or twelve years later, I can say I'm really glad it happened when it did because. He's grown up knowing that his mom loves him and his dad loves him, but they just don't love each other, right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, yeah. So um, the Instagram account that I started is called Solo Parent Families. And really it was, it was supposed to be an Instagram account to gain um, followers for um, a single parent group at the church that I'm going to mm. now. And so right. I had started a small group and I was like, look, 
the church really needs to support single parents. I'm going to start a community group for that. It's going to be called this. And I had these big plans and it was going to be so great. And I didn't have anyone join the group. Mm. <laughs> so it was kind of like, wah, wah. really discouraging that That's like way. a scary, um, vulnerable scary. thing to come to. I'm thinking, so my, my parents are both split from each other both also split I don't know what I was trying to say that but anyways my parents are no longer together either (laughs) and I know for a fact that my mom would never go (laughs) to any oh yeah oh yeah I feel like yeah that's just definitely not her she she would not want to like I think she would view it as like being something that would bring focus to that part of her life and she wouldn't Mm. that wouldn't be something but I feel like it's because it's such a taboo thing there's just so much um negativity built around being single parents and so you're almost like a shamed community of people yeah despite not actually being a community together you're just you're kind of you're kind of oh you're oh oh <laughs> okay and, and and you're all united by this thing that like really sucks and that holds a lot of totally. shame to yeah. for a lot of people yeah. and yeah. like that's the thing that is the uniting force for a group like that should well, it ever arise in whatever situation that's a perspective i hadn't considered and that makes a lot of sense actually <laughs> um, <laughs> but also coming out of the pandemic there Okay, there's a, there was a couple of different factors why it didn't take off. One of them is I think is just coming out of the pandemic, people are just still I think uncomfortable yeah. about going out in general. Yeah. Um, another sure. factor is that I had I just started going to this church, mm. so I think I've been there like six months or something like that. So I didn't know anybody. I don't know any single parents there. Um, I was told by the community pastor that there are there are a few there, and I was like, great, let's start a group. But now I'm like, okay, I think I need to spend some time getting to know right. the people that are in the church. I need to start there. Build the relationships and then, then, yeah. Yeah, do it the slow way. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> yeah, put the effort in. What are you talking about? Yeah. I but, hope it takes off, though. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, that's a... I really hope so, too. Yeah. It is nice to I feel think- like you have community in in something like that. Because... It's hard. Like I have a girlfriend who um, she's come out of a relationship, like a marriage. um, And like no one in our friend group has that to relate to. So me having the experience as being the kid of a divorced situation gives us like common ground to then kind of have conversation around it. Um, And same thing, like her kids are pretty young. We were a bit older by the time our parents, you know, finally called the big D, but um, we were pretty young when some things were falling apart. But anyways, that's, that's besides the point. So I, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's easier. Like I was 13 when my parents split. So I was, that's, that's why I had that like, Ooh, that's a poop age to experience (laughs) any sort of trauma or, you know, like it's just as crappy. Especially as it relates to your family or your totally. identity, right? Like it's just horrible. Totally. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it's a crappy time of life. So it's, it is interesting to hear you say that you are, I guess you didn't say that you're grateful, but like in hindsight, if you had an age to choose having the younger, the younger kid age. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously that's the only thing I've experienced. So, and I feel like there's um, probably pros and cons to everything. I mean, yeah, it's not an awesome situation regardless of what age it is, but there are ways around dealing with upbringings of kids, but you're right. Like it's nice having two parents that, you know, love you because they've gotten over whatever (laughs) crap they had to go through to get there. Yeah. I was in my There's a lot of challenges mid to being late twenties when I felt that. Oh, that. I said I was in my li- mid to late twenties when I felt both parents. You may want to talk to someone about that. Like <laughs> this is where this is where I use comedy as a Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> But being a, there's challenges to being a single parent in a church environment mm-hmm. too. Totally, yeah. Like, like, forget about the spiritual and emotional and and like families or whatever. But the logistics of being involved in a church when you are a single parent, like for example, um, I was I was asked to help out in Sunday school or the children's church or whatever. And I'm like, do you realize that? Cause at the time my son was mostly with me. He was like 75% with me during the week. I'm like, do you realize that Sunday mornings may be the only child free time mm, that I get? Mm-hmm, this week? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, <laughs> you like know? hard yeah. pass. <laughs> hard pass. And then depending on kids schedules, you may only have like you may only have your kids every other weekend, right. right? So how does that affect your volunteer and your being able to contribute to ministries and stuff like totally. that? Yeah. And so, and the amount that you choose to give, you know, like knowing your own meter and the own like your own amount of energy that you're willing and able to expend and give yeah, to a church. Yeah. I think that's super important too. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. I kind of see myself as sort of at the tail end of like the trauma. Like I don't feel traumatized by divorce anymore. I kind of see myself as gone through that. Like that was like, that's a while ago. It doesn't really bother me anymore. So it's, it's almost like a different, a different phase of single parenthood where my kid is older. So he's a bit more independent. He doesn't need as much like, physically from me like mm-hmm. I can tell him to just go get his own lunch please like put something in the microwave heat it up you'll be fine um he doesn't need me as much right so there's less emotional energy right that um that it takes and now that he's older he's like 50% with me and 50% with his dad so sure I'm like half parent half the time which is good and bad because on the one hand it's nice to have a bit of a break and on the other hand it's like you know, I'm missing my kid's life. Mm-hmm. Like he's, I'm not with them all the yeah. time, which kind of bites actually. Yeah. Well, depending on the week, sure. depending on his mood. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'll see you in a week. <laughs> yeah. You seem Mama needs to be a vacay. in a mood. <laughs> totally. Well, to be honest, after a week, I'm probably the one. Ah, in the mood. interesting. Like, it's like, okay, we both need a yeah. little bit of a break Space. from each other. Yeah. Well, it probably like did some of that too come out of like, (laughs) (laughs) did some of that come too from like, um, just like kind of growing more used to not having each other around. So then when they are around, you kind of have to readjust back into 
in being there? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a transition time. It's it's like I said, it's it's a little bit easier now that we're getting used to um, the 50/50 schedule. We've been doing that for a couple of years now, but you know, there's definitely a, a re-entry period totally. where it's like, oh, all of a sudden there's someone in my totally. space all yeah. the time, yeah. right? Right. Or conversely, it's like, oh, where's my kid? Right. Like <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's it's really weird. What's something that you think is like something that people who are in a marriage together with kids and who live this quote unquote, like normal life. Right. And I, I hate using that word cause there's, there's nothing normal about any relationship, but a more like traditional you know, to a cup. Yeah. I was sure, going to say traditional. traditional. Yeah. Probably the word you're um, looking for. So like, what would you say to people who are in a more traditional arrangement with a husband and a wife at home with the kids, like what's something that you would really want them to know and understand? Dude, it's about 2022. Being... What is a traditional relationship with a man and wife? I mean, come on, you know, that's inclusivity. Fair. <laughs> yes. I hear that. A two parent also. household, a two parent household. Yeah. Yes. Like what, what's something that, um, you think people would be surprised to know about or something that isn't really talked about or hmm. um, yeah. Any, any challenges that you face like as a single parent that people just don't have or that um, like the people wouldn't really think for? about the two yeah. parent families or yeah. that um, being a single parent, you are both child raiser and breadwinner hmm. both wow. at the same time. Yeah. So um, one of the things, it used to bother me more. I'm a little bit more um, grace giving to people who, when there's a, a, a like a two parent family and one of them goes away for a week, the, the remaining one says, oh, I'm solo parenting this week. And I'm like, but right. are you? Because the other <sighs> person's earning money right now, right? Right. So it's, and it, I'm not saying that it's equal or different. I'm just saying that it's a different perspective that you have to realize that carrying the emotional labor as well as the physical labor, as well as the financial labor, um, is it's it's a it's a something you got to work with and work through. And a, everybody has different task. everyone has different circumstances, but I think that's um, that's one of the challenges for sure. Right. And not having not having someone to bounce ideas off. I think I was yeah. I and my well and my mom she would also say um that she was both parents. I was both parents. Mm-hmm. So I was there was no one to back me up. Yeah. You know, we couldn't go ask dad. There it was I this is what this is what it is. Mm. Mom says and that's it. Like there's right. no and it took a little bit for us to realize that we couldn't like persuade her, but it also didn't take her long to sort of say like, no, 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 this is, you know, this is how it is. Like, there's no one else for you to ask. You need to just respect what I'm saying as your mom. Yeah. Did you, So yeah. did you spend time with both your mom and your dad? We did every other weekend with my dad. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was kind of for a period of time. Um, and then like it was complicated, like things like my dad, 
wanted to spend the entire weekend with us, but youth group was on Friday nights and we were like, we want to go to youth group. And my mom was like, if they want to go to youth group, you need to respect them and take them to youth group or whatever, you know, like there was no, he was pretty sneaky, I guess maybe is the word. I have a great relationship with my dad now. I will say that, (laughs) Um, but he was, he was, uh, you know, we went through a phase. We had to get through it to get to where we are now, but we went through a phase, um, you know, just where he would try and, you know, convince us that, oh, well, if you don't go to youth group, we could go to like Edmonton for the weekend and like go to West Ed, you know, like try and like make a fun time out of the weekend to be able to have more times. But then on the flip side, he would sometimes ask my mom to switch weekends with him because he had like he's a musician. So he had gigs and stuff like that. And it kind of got to the point where my sister and I felt I really hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, it got to the point where my sister and I felt like we were no longer a priority. So then we sort of just kind of like stayed with him less and less. Like yeah. instead of going for a whole weekend, we would just go for a night or two. Yeah. And it, then it just became nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I'd yeah. like to say that not too. nothing. Like we would just like we would go over for like Easter dinner or Christmas or whatever, yeah. you know. But yeah. what ha- what would have happened if um, your church would have reached out knowing that you were with your dad that weekend and say, hey, we can get some people to come and pick you up and drop you off if you want to come to youth group. Like, would that have helped? Or would that have just made things uh, more awkward? Well, but I, th- I think, like, I don't know if it necessarily, like, I don't think if it was, I don't think it was really ever necessary. Like, my sister and I were never convinced to miss youth group. We okay. were like, good Christian girls who went every Friday night. Like we just like, that was a fun thing for us growing up. Mm -hmm. So we never really wanted to miss it, I guess. Um, and so we kind of just were like, no dad, like we want to go to youth. Right. (laughs) Like we can leave Saturday morning. So sometimes we take like a day trip to Edmonton, which is crazy in hindsight, but, um, yeah. I think like my sister and I caught on pretty early that we were, I guess really not the priority for him at the time, but mm-hmm. so then we just advocated for ourselves, which I'm like, go us. Like yeah, what I mean, small children know how to do that. Yeah, that's pretty it's, cool. There are some, some lessons, some really good life lessons that are learned when you go through stuff like this, right? Like totally. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like negotiation skills. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I can't get a good deal on a car to save the life of me, but we're working on it. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I really want that automatic door. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I guess like speaking yeah, of the cool. church too, what's what's something you think the church really needs to understand about single parenting or separated families or divorce and all of that? I, I guess maybe for both of you. I can say from ladies. a kid's perspective, yeah. I remember thinking – oh my gosh, my mom is the worst person because she's now a divorced woman. Oh, right. Oh, that yeah. hurts my heart. But yeah. I didn't think that she was the worst person, but I thought that she was like, I just, I remember thinking like, what's going to happen to mom? Like, like what? There, there wasn't a worse thing what is that gonna, she could have done. But not even that, just like, like how, like the church is going to disown her. Like, you know, like that whole mentality of like, you know, a woman, if a woman chooses to leave her husband, she can't remarry. And I remember right. like at one point my mom was like, she did, oh man, I'm spoiling all the beans, but <laughs> she won't listen to this either. She got remarried and it was a terrible situation. So whatever. But, um, 
I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, she's remarrying. Like, what does this mean? What does this mean for her as a Christian? Like, what does this mean for her as a person in the church? Like, and I just remember thinking, like, I think that kids need to be reminded. I guess that's a huge conversation, but I think the church needs to have grace for kids going in that going or like coming from that situation to like encourage them that like, no, your mom is not (laughs) the devil spawn because (laughs) she left a marriage that was not healthy, you know, that was not safe. Like I, I I remember, was it, I don't know if it was you that posted something about it, but I remember seeing something about how we talk so negatively about divorce in the church and yet it is almost always far worse for a couple who quote unquote, should be divorced or should choose the path of divorce Mm -hmm. to stay together and try and ride out that marriage because it's going to cause so many more problems, both for them as a couple, but also for any kids that they have. Like Mm -hmm. that's so much more damaging. And there's been studies done on that too. Like that it's better for the kids to be in a family unit where the parents are divorced amicably than it is for the parents to stay together and have that tension in the home. Like it is... leagues better in that situation for the parents to split i don't know i i don't know if what you have to say about that but (laughs) i that was like that will probably i will take that to the grave like Mm -hmm. thinking oh my gosh my mom i feel so sad because now because of what the bible says jeopardized her eternal soul yeah yeah i obviously don't think it anymore but i just now have a brain of my own it's a core totally 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 i think divorce needs to be destigmatized yes i mean the bible yes the bible says that god hates divorce i understand that um god hates a lot of things that happened in this world and that happened in the church yes one of them is divorce and i don't think it's any worse or better than any gambling addiction or porn addiction or, you know, like gossiping for Pete's sake, like how how much I mean, we have social media platforms based solely on gossip. Okay. And (laughs) so, um, yeah, I think there needs to be, and I think there needs to be more support for, uh, families that have gone through divorce, not just the parents, but also the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind I, of support should come from within the church. Like, should. you know, yeah. Jesus commanded people to take, to take care of the widow and the orphan. Yeah. Right. And I think divorced and single parents fall into that too, as much as anybody. Yeah. It's yeah. And it's tricky. Cause I, I, I remember my home church, there was like divorce care, but like, can we call it something different? Can we like, please. And I, I gotta say, I did try going cause I was, new when we were newly separated I was I was kind of flailing to be honest I was like I need some help I need some support yeah. um I went to a divorce care and I think I went to two sessions and I was like I'm not going back there it yeah. was so well, yeah. sad like I walk into that room and it was like sadness <laughs> fell upon yeah. me even more oh. than it was and I'm like I yeah. cannot cannot do yeah. it I'm sure it's totally. a very helpful program for some people, but I just, I couldn't do it. I wasn't in a place to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not okay. Well, I think language around that kind of stuff too, just like, like you said, Andrea, the Andrea Ellis, uh-huh. uh, co-host Andrea, um, <laughs> the, like the word divorce, whatever, like having that word attached to it as well. Like, yes, this is 
what we're dealing with, but we don't have to also call it that, right? Yeah. Like there yeah. is so much baggage around that word that people are all aware of. Like we can find another name for something like that too. And I totally. Will, and, I, and I will scream this from the plat from the mountaintops, please. Come on now. Stop calling it broken home. Yes, I, hear, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I really appreciated that. That's I good. was like, wow. do not call my home broken. Do not yeah. do it for the sake of my son. Mm-hmm. Do not. Like there are so having many- Having two parents split does not mean that your home is broken. No. Does it mean it's a little messy for a while? Yeah, yeah. sure. But we don't need to call it broken. Thank well, you. It's, it's like what yeah. we were talking about with Carrie Lynn and autism, that like mm-hmm. these kids don't have a disability, that they are mm-hmm. differently abled or they have mm-hmm. their enthusiasm superpowers right their yeah. superpowers like it's yeah. different it's not broken it's not an it's illness. not negative it's not something yeah. it's not a problem to be solved right yeah and i mean with with the separation or a divorce you know there is a lot of stuff going on with that too but it's not like it, it's just a different situation and so yeah. to have that negative name on top of it like a broken home jeez yeah. that's brutal just the stigma is really gross yeah yeah, yeah. It, and it's presumptuous right like <sighs> Yeah, sure. Maybe some of the the homes that have experienced divorce are feeling pretty crappy, but doesn't mean that they all are. And it definitely doesn't like denote them as broken either. Like that's a pretty heavy word. Well, and like we like I said, right? Like or I guess quoted someone that I heard post. You know, like divorce, it doesn't have to be negative thing. It can actually be a very positive thing for your family. Yeah. Um. I actually think that God saved me through divorce mm. wow probably going to be a little controversial but i've i totally i totally think that mm-hmm. i think i am a more um uh i what's i can't even think of the word right now but i absolutely think that my life is better now than it mm. would be if i had stayed married right For like sure. more fortunate do you mean what's that like a more like a more fortunate lifestyle or kind of something like that. Mm. Not fortunate in the sense of like finances or necessarily. Well, that specific, too. But just, <laughs> or just like perspective or more empathy or understanding. I think I'm more of who I'm supposed to be now as a single mm. person wow. than I was when I was married. But That's I mean, beautiful. I can say that with hindsight, and sure. also when I mean, I was a mother of a toddler when I got divorced. Yeah. So, I mean, my that's a, brain, that's a big load. <laughs> it's a big load. There was a lot yeah. of stuff going on, you know, and financially it was, it was devastating. Like it took me, it took me a good five to seven years to be in a place where I felt actually okay financially. Mm, after wow. the divorce. It was, it was brutal. There's a lot of debt. Mm. So, but I'm better now. I look, I look back to, and I think like, well, I mean, from for my sister and I like I think some people don't like they don't I mean you touched on it kind of briefly with what you were saying in terms of people with two parent households and what they can realize about single families like I look at what my mom did for my sister and I holy boats like my dad sure he gave child support that was a thing but like my mom kept us in the private school that we were in. Wow. She kept us in our dance lessons. And as I got older, I was taking more dance lessons throughout the week. You know, like we didn't, we didn't suffer and I have zero clue. I honestly have zero clue. Like there were times where I swear we had secret money trees and I really wish that I knew where they were. (laughs) But like, I I honestly don't know how she did it because 
I think about like what her salary was. I mean, she talks about it semi-frequently even still like the salary that she had as a single parent. And she's like, man, if I had the salary that I have now, (laughs) like, holy life would have been different. But like she, I don't, yeah, I don't know how she did it. I mean, sometimes she doesn't even know how she did it. I, there were, there were times where we would like, I'm trying to think of one time specifically we were, something to do with our car. We were sitting in our car. Maybe it wouldn't start or something. I don't know what it was. And we just like, as a quick little, girl tribe family said mm. our little prayer to Jesus. And then all of a sudden, whatever the issue was, we were like, mm. like what just happened? We have no idea. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, I've no, like there's so many things. It's crazy. So there's definitely a lot of respect. I mean, I think it's easier obviously coming from an upbringing where I experienced a single mom, but like yeah, I I mean, sometimes, like you said, like sometimes I'll have nights by myself with my daughter and I'm like, I don't know how people do this by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and Parker's not even talking yet. <laughs> oh, she's got some. She, the other day she says up. She says up oh. now. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's within context and sometimes you have no clue where she wants up from where she is. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's just wild. So and props to you, all of you single moms. Oh, thank you. And can we talk about having to raise a son on my own as oh, well? Oh, brother. I was oh, like, man. what do I do with this child? I don't and know how my parents did it with four of us boys. Fear for your life, like, my friend. <laughs> like, I don't know how to raise a boy. Like, apparently do I do. You find, do you find that it's gotten harder as he's gotten older or it's gotten easier? I think or maybe it's gotten both. a little bit easier um, because we talk, we have a, pr- we have a pretty good relationship. So we're, we're pretty open and we talk about a lot of stuff, probably stuff that I probably shouldn't talk to my son about, but I think that <laughs> that's just the like nature that. of being like me and him, yep. you know, it's like, mm-hmm. he's my buddy at home when he's not yeah. cranky, you know? Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm raising a boy, but <laughs> <laughs> No going back now. No going back now. He's got a good <laughs> so relationship with his dad, though, which I'm really thankful for. Like, I know not, not everybody has a good co-parenting relationship with their ex. And it took us a couple of years to get there. But, I mean, I was I was at his place for Easter dinner. Me and Isaac went over there with, yeah. Wow. So it was. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. If you would have told me that, you know, in those beginning years, I would have called you a liar. Yeah. Like, There's no way yeah. that's going to happen. but. That's that's cool though, mm. and that is cool for Isaac too. I think so. To be able to see that one hundred percent, yeah, oh. yeah. Like even though he's grown up pretty much with the two of you separated, that he still knows that you both love him, and yeah. that you still respect each other and have a relationship, even if it isn't within a marriage relationship. That you yeah. still have a relationship to the point where it is okay for you to go over yeah. there for Easter. I think that's yeah, that is massive. That's cool. yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty much the best way it could have turned out for sure. That's sweet. Yeah. That is definitely, yeah. I love it. That's cool. If you can tell by my reaction, I don't have that. (laughs) 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 I don't know if it was obvious or not. Yeah. (laughs) Which is fine, but it's, uh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool to see. Every family has their stuff. 
Totally. Right? It's well, different for I mean, everybody. if it makes you feel better, I don't have much of a relationship with my dad either. So <laughs> we have yeah. that in common I, too. I have a, no, I have a relationship with my dad. I shouldn't, I, I feel like I've talked so negatively about him. No. Now everyone's got this like idea that he's a monster, but he's not. No. We, we, I mean, we came to, I think I was like 21 or 22. So yeah. it's like 10 years ago now. Um, we came to, you know, we just, I, well, I guess I came to a conclusion that there just were certain things and certain areas of topics of conversation that were not allowed to be brought up. It's Otherwise, called boundaries. Yeah. yeah. So I learned about those later on in my adult life, which is totally fine and was valuable that I finally figured it out. And then once we laid those boundaries, we've been pretty golden ever since. So well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. We do have a good relationship. Does he show up to any choir concerts? No, <laughs> but he likes to play gigs across the street from where we have concerts. <laughs> Serious? Just kidding. Yeah. It was one Christmas concert. I, he was like, I can't come. I have a gig. And then I, we were walking back from Milestones. This was, we were at the Jack Singer. Yeah. We were um, walking back from Milestones after the concert and I can hear this trumpet playing and I'm <gasps> like, that really sounds like my dad. Oh, and he was no. literally in the Teatro restaurant oh, across the street. No wow. way. Oh, man. <laughs> like right there yeah, I, po- I poked my head because he knew he knew we were there and i like po- i tapped and he looked over and he saw me and he came outside and then henrik whoo henrik <laughs> said some some words oh and really my dad was not impressed well, and that's, that's fine okay. but that's anyways. funny wow may i remind you all i do have a decent relationship with my dad now <laughs> yes we like him he is a nice it human cannot be stated enough it's yes. just part of your story though I mean, there's totally. every, everybody's relationship has got ups and downs and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Matt and I were talking about it today. I <laughs> had a therapy session earlier. Therapy and, is uh, awesome. Can we just give a shout out to is. therapy as an adult? Yeah. It is. Hello. So, but interesting, and, and I can say this with confidence. So I, this is the second time that I've had a conversation with this lady and I just thought, oh man, I think I need to, you know, just for like general mental health, like I'm not looking to, I feel like a lot of people go into therapy thinking that they need a counselor to talk them through some sort of specific situation. And like, how do I get through this? And I'm, I finally had this realization in my thirties, I should actually have a conversation with a therapist, like, and, and just have like a regular conversation with someone about random things. Like I'm not looking to fix anything. I'm just looking to have like a mental health check-in. Like, you know, this is my life. This is what's going on. Cool. How can I improve? What should I, you know, whatever. Anyways, this is my second conversation with this lady. And it lasted 35 minutes <laughs> because I think that she thought that I, cause I started, I was going back to work off of maternity leave, having a bit of anxiety over sending my daughter to daycare mm-hmm. before she was one you know, going back into the work world, just like the whole, it's a big shift. Right. And, uh, so I was like, I should, you know, I should talk to someone, have some, you know, health, um, not health, have some health, um, have some conversations with a therapist just to like, this is check-in ease back in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Check-ins look after my mental health, that kind of thing. So I think that she thought that I was coming into this needing like help with a specific situation. And so our conversation (laughs) lasted 35 minutes Mm -hmm. tonight because, I think that she realized she didn't really know what she was helping me with anymore. And mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to ask her for help anymore. So, and so she was like, me. how about, yeah. So anyways, mm-hmm. just pretty funny, but I don't know where I was going with that. Why did I tell you I was going to therapy? <laughs> no one knows, but now you all know. There you go. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> therapy is healthy guys. It is. I have an appointment on Monday. Nice. Yeah. 
I think it's. Like, I'm going to find a different therapist yeah, who probably. will have better conversations with me. <laughs> will I text her again to sign up for a uh, therapy appointment? No, no, I will not. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Anne. Next. Thank you. I Next. definitely need to get like back on the therapy bit because I was in it for a bit about a year ago. I think I had like five or six sessions, and then my therapist was um, was leaving her place of employment or something going on to somewhere else and so it just kind of ended there and so i haven't i haven't done anything since but i know like it was helpful it was it was really helpful to just talk about stuff and um the main thing that i took away from it was you know if there's a big emotion like anger or sadness or even happiness like noticing the surrounding emotions that allowed that or that um triggered it triggered it yeah yeah. Or like allowed it to arise. So for anger, if it's that I feel inadequate or frustrated mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. anxious, right? Then any of those things can trigger an anger response. But it's like getting down to like the initial spark that lit that fire. That's right. been really helpful for me to identify. Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like this um, giant wheel that has all yeah. these emotions listed on it. And it's like, these are the core emotions based off of all of these right I yeah that was so really she sent me a visual of of that exact thing oh so like go. going mm-hmm. off of the anger one it's like okay well what what is it that i'm feeling angry about right and then yeah. recognizing that emotion and for me like listening to pete holmes podcast so regularly has been like its own form of therapy too because mm. him and his wife do these episodes every every week or so and they have um like they talk about all kinds of emotional awareness and everything, you know, as they're raising their little daughter too. Uh, But just listening to that on a regular basis and getting that in my head has been a really good form of maybe a therapy for me as well. So hearing two very, um, I guess, very emotionally evolved people discuss their emotions very openly um, has been kind of a catharsis for me. And then oh, also, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> wop wop. Um, but yeah, one one thing that Pete Holmes says all the time is like, anytime that a big emotion comes up, I can't remember which teacher he heard it from, but um, his mantra is like, "Yes, thank you." Mm. So if a big thing comes up, like anger or loneliness or sadness or grief or whatever, then you you look at the emotion, you see it, and you say, "Yes, thank you." Like you mm. say yes to accept it as something that your body is trying to tell you and then thank you, acknowledging that it has spoken and and allowing it to express itself. And mm. um, Interesting. So that's been a little uh, helpful bit for me too. But. So this has been Therapy Corner on Unexpected Experts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here None for None of it. us are registered or licensed psychologists to be open and honest. However, we do indulge in therapy and think it is a positive, rewarding experience yes. that more people should invest in. Because I think it really is an investment if you don't have coverage for it. And it's I think like time back into what we were talking about divorce, like there is a stigma around around therapy too. And that totally. needs to be destigmatized as well. Yeah, too. Sure. Absolutely. note you too 
other Andrea, yeah, <laughs> have started a podcast. Yeah, you have. Tell us about what brought you to starting it, what it is sort of revolving around, ideas, etc. Um, when I started going to this new church, I went to, um, it was, it's basically like, like an introduction to our church class. It's like a set of four classes or whatever. And, and I met this girl who was there. Her name's Laura Lee. Um, we see, we hit it off, you know, like sometimes you're chatting with people and you can tell if there's like a, you know, a good vibe or whatever. Um, the following, she's like, I tried to stalk you on Facebook and I couldn't find you. Uh, and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I'm like, well, That's let me hilarious. find you. And then we'll connect that way because my settings are pretty locked down. Um, yeah. And so I'm looking at her profile and I'm like, you went to the University of Manitoba and you graduated the exact same year I did. And like, oh, you have the same degree I do. We were no. in the same class. <laughs> are you serious? Get out of town. Very serious. That is so funny. So I was like, that is bizarre. Like we had, her last name was S. She's married now. My last name was E, still is E. Well, is E again, I guess. But um, our studio was split down the middle by this big wall. So she was, and it was divided alphabetically. Uh, she was on the, gotcha. on the other side of the wall. So we gotcha. didn't really have that much. So, you know, we have, like, we, we, I think we have similar personalities. We have a lot in common that way. We connected yeah. over podcasts, ironically. Um, oh, cool. But, you know, she's she's been married for, like, a lot of years. She's got three kids. She's got a dog. They just moved to Calgary, like, eight months ago. So I was like, well, why don't we do a podcast? Because we like talking to each other. We'll do a podcast, and we'll sort of get to know each other through this podcast. So Fun. it's called Better With Friends. We It was hard finding a name for the podcast. But, yeah, we just dropped our trailer. And um, I think it'll be it'll be really interesting, I think. And if not, cool. it's a good little project that sort of gets my juices going with creativity and stuff. So totally, it, it has a benefit already. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. I'm actually going to put the link for that trailer that you gave me in the show notes for this episode. So if people oh, want to check out the trailer for it, then they can definitely do that. So oh, I'd be I'll definitely do that for you. Whatever Thank promo you I can much. help with. That'd be great. That'd be great. Cute. So what's what's the show sort of about? Like, what's what's your idea? What's your theme? What's your uh, desire for the show? All of that. You know, it's pretty much conversations between me and her. And it's a little bit kind of like this format. Like, it's kind of like, okay, let's press record and see what happens, you know? Totally. So our, um, it, it, it is a little bit of, it, it's willy-nilly. That's kind of the theme for it. Um, it's just a conversation. Um, we'll probably get into some deeper topics like, you know, church, Christianity, divorce, marriage, kids, you know, just life stuff. We're both kind of the same age. Like she just, oh, I don't know if she wants me to tell her age. Anyway, um, we're both, we're both middle-aged, middle-aged moms, you know, <laughs> and there's yeah. a lot that can be said with, uh, um, with stuff in common that sort of happens when you get older, right? It, it changes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's cool. It'll be good. I love oh, it. Fun. Um, one one last question for you, Andrea. What yeah. is what is something that you wish people knew about? Um, I guess main mainly the meat of our conversation has been, you know, being a mom, being a single mom, being um a separated mom and mm-hmm. all of that. So what I, I think and this 
this is like the main reason that I wanted you on was because most of the podcasts that I listen to, and there's like, this is just a bit of a side tangent. Most of the podcasts I listen to are hosted by couples mm. or they, they have like, you know, like the bad Christian podcast is a bunch of guys that are all married and they all mm. play in a band together. Right. <laughs> or um, Pete Holmes, like him and his wife do episodes all the time together, like that yeah. kind of thing. So um, a lot of the input that I'm getting from podcasts and from a lot of media in general is just the married child raising perspective right yeah um and i think that's like obviously that's all well and good too but there is this portion of the population that does it by themselves yeah um and i think that takes so much more strength and so much more resilience as both of you ladies have talked about tonight with your experiences um so what would be one thing that you wish people knew all that to say about <laughs> I was um, like, didn't you just answer your own question there? <laughs> <laughs> but from from your perspective, what what's something you wish people knew about being a single mom or being a single parent, um, and the um, whole divorce, everything, all of it? Uh, it's not just going to be one thing, but I'll try to make it brief. How's that? Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and I think being um in the pandemic and being sort of you know things everything just sort of shut down and you were forced to stay at home you were sort of forced to be by yourself you get to choose a couple people that you're going to hang out with and that's your cohort you know um I think the last two years especially um it's just been that I'm okay by myself like I will be okay I'm capable you know, it's not all, it's not all sunshine. Like I would, I would really love someone to watch um, Survivor with, you know, on Wednesday nights and talk about stuff like that. You know, like there is, there is an aspect where things can get lonely. You can't, you're always the one making supper. Like for Pete's sake, Mm -hmm. every night, you're the only one making supper. It's really exhausting. And I'm really thankful for Skip the Dishes for that. Um, So there are things that I really miss, but at the end Mm -hmm. of it all, I know that I can take care of myself. I can take care of my son and I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of upsides too. Like, you know, all you have to do is listen to somebody complain about their partner for more than 15 minutes. And you realize, <laughs> you know what? Sucks to be Sucks you. To be you. <laughs> like, I can sleep diagonally in my bed. Thank you very much. You totally. Know? So. Yeah. I, I feel like I've had a couple conversations with my mom, the same, just like, Yeah very much a capable woman on her own not that she wants to be alone Mm -hmm. or anything like that like there are definitely times where she's like oh I wish I had someone to tag along with me you know doing whatever traveling with or something like that. totally yeah yeah but but then on the flip side you know you don't you listen to your friends with their relationship woes and you're like yeah well I guess I don't have that to deal with like I can spend my own money how I want to spend it I only have my money to spend though so that that's the flip side right (laughs) yes but But there's no one telling you how to spend your money exactly you know and you know so there there is freedom in that there is beauty in you know living a single life um now don't get me wrong if some guy was to come up and he was really, you know, nice. And if he was funny, I would absolutely go for, for coffee with, with an eligible gentleman. That sounds, that sounds weird. Eligible gentleman. That's, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's following. 
Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say no to anything that comes my way, but I'm not on the dating apps anymore. I have no interest in, mm. in that. I get more ROI from playing Candy Crush, so Amazing. <laughs> nice. That's so funny. No. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I thanks, Andrea. Yeah. Thanks, JMO. Thanks, Andrea. Um, I'm really glad we had this chat that we could hang out for a little bit and have some mm-hmm. laughs and um and I, I think too like having been one of the people that I've spent the last year with and having spent a lot of time with you and with mm-hmm. our mutual friend Des and um it's it's a pleasure to know you, it's a pleasure to have you in in my life and I know um I know there's there's better days ahead. For you and for all of us too. So yeah. thank you thank for you. Um, for spending some time with us and hanging out here mm. and, and sharing so much of your story. And it was great. Thank you. It's nice to have more of a conversation than just our quick little Instagram. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Communicate. Whatever. Back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's funny. It's been great. Thanks very much for having me on. Thanks again, Andrea, for being on the show this week and for sharing so much of your story. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share it with somebody that you know, somebody that's going through a difficult time or somebody that has gone through a difficult time. These kind of stories are super important. So please share it with somebody you love. Let us know how much you loved this episode. And we'll see you next time on the Unexpected Experts podcast. Mm -hmm.